Well, hey girl, welcome to She's Doing Big Things. I'm your host, Alicia Lee, the original she. Top income producer, freedom advocate, serial entrepreneur, winner of all the things, world traveler, and now digital nomad. I've lived my entire life feeling a little different, dreaming a little bigger, doing a little more, and believing I was destined to have it all. So I can imagine if you're here, you get it. You're a dreamer, a doer, an entrepreneur, so you're ready to set some big goals and smash them. So with that in mind, let's freaking get started. Hello, hello, my CEOs, and welcome to another episode of She's Doing Big Things. I am your host, Alicia Lee, and I am so excited to bring you another guest, another episode today with a topic that has felt a little less than possible right now. In the midst of, you know, the COVID crisis as we are recording this podcast mid-April, and this will come out hopefully on the tail end of this, you all understand and will understand exactly what I'm talking about as we go through this topic. So as we break loose back into the world, fingers crossed, there will be a lot of coaches, service-based preneurs, and consultants planning retreats, VIP days, weekend aways, and live events more than ever before. It seems to me that when someone says, no, no girl, you can't do that, you want it more than ever, am I right? So as we bust open the doors and as you begin to plan a valuable experience for your clients again, I wanted to make sure that I had an expert on my airwaves to help you do just that. So Jamie is wildly obsessed with traveling. I mean, hello, 14 countries strong. She is a cat lover. She has one named Pumpkin, so all you kitty cat lovers, you are going to love this chick. She believes in the true country style of bourbon and horse racing. Oh, and donuts should definitely be their own food group. Hells to the yes, I'm down with that. She's been planning small to medium-sized business conferences for four years as a side hustle to pay off loads of debt from a canceled wedding and student loans, you know, the life stuff that evolved then into combining both her love for travel and her love for planning, which is so cool, putting those passions together. She is a boutique event planner for coaches and instructors. So if you're a coach, you're an instructor out there, this is for you, boo. Her services include retreats, masterminds, VIP days, basically any event that houses or holds 30 people or less where she can curate a really valuable and intimate experience for your attendees. Because come on now, who doesn't want that out of their events, right? Jamie has an accounting degree, she has an MBA, and she is also a finance, strategy, and analysis work expert of greater than four years and has had her own event planning company as well for that time. I mean, let me just tell you, this girl is like detail-oriented to the max. If you want to plan an event, holy guacamole, everything is in the details. They matter. She is also a certified travel associate member of the Alliance of Independent Planners with contacts 
all over the U.S. This girl is so connected, it's insane. She has contacts in Mexico, Canada, and various countries. She collaborates with coaches and instructors to create the profitable retreats and events that grow your business and your bank account. Boom, baby, boom. That's all I can say. I know for sure 100% that being belly to belly with people and knowing them heart to heart is like the creme de la creme of service. So if you are ready to plan an event, this is going to be the episode for you. So as many of us have been part of or have hosted online retreats and virtual summits during this time, I know that there are a lot of us that have seen so much value from that, right? So many connections, so much collaboration, so much information, so much growth. But imagine the in-person event. Imagine that added to your repertoire of services. Like, let's talk about some of that, right? Here we go. So welcome, my dear friend, my client, and my work associate at this point. Because, girl, you know I'm planning an event. Miss Jamie, how are you today? Hey, Alicia. I'm doing so well, Um, you know, considering the current climate. I'm busier than ever trying to, you know, help my existing clients through this unique experience of cancellations and, uh, you know, postponements. And I'm also so excited to be planning for after this because, you know, let's all say we need to get out of these four walls. Um, I'm so excited to be here chatting with you and talking about all the things I truly love because, you know, travel and connecting people and building an event is truly so valuable to me. Mm, Yes, I love it. Me too. I love the connections that you make at events, whether you're an attendee or a host, no matter what it is, you walk away with some of your new biz besties for life. All right, girls. So let's dive into the good stuff, right? Let's just head on in. I love a good backstory. So tell me what got you into planning events and how that's led you to where you are today. So that is a long one. So I'm going to try to keep this as short as possible. Um, You know, since I was a child, I've always loved organizing things. Birthday parties, bachelorette parties, obviously when I'm older, uh, slumber parties, like this goes super way back, like to the time, like from all the times, right? Then I kind of got into travel planning for myself. Um, I started traveling about 10 years ago and, you know, planned all the, all their travels for friends and family, but that just didn't quite feel right. I didn't want to be like, you know, a travel agent. I didn't want to work for another company. I really wanted to work for myself. So also, you know, during kind of all of this time, um, about nine years ago, I met a conference event planner and we spent an entire night talking about her job and like, all the aspects of what she does to, to, to put on this 300 person event. And I was like, holy crap, this is it. This is for me. This is exactly what I want to do. How can I get your job? And I will say from like 2009 through, I don't know, like 2016, like every year I'm like, Hey, how do I get your job? I want your job. So I knew that I had to start from the bottom and kind of grow those skills and kind of like figure it out like how to make this dream come true. So, you know, I tried a couple of different things. I tried wedding planning and assisted in weddings just to get the background or like, you know, the behind the scenes stuff that you don't quite see when you're an attendee. And I worked in community events. I volunteered for concert series and, um, you know, bourbon tastings because I am in Kentucky. 
um, and certain events like that. But yet again, like it was just wasn't quite right. Like I had a lot of fun, but it just wasn't like it. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we all kind of navigate that space. But at the same time, like I keep coming back over and over and over again to like, I want to plan an event. I just haven't like figured it out. So, um, that same person that I met nine years ago came back to me and said, Hey, I want you to start planning some of the background details for her small conferences. So, you know, prospecting properties and catering and vendor search and contract negotiations and, you know, kind of the nuts and bolts and the pillars that of what we think of events. So I totally jumped on that. And it was almost like instantly in love. I started making connections and like putting together the dots of how to get where I want to go. And I've really built something that has combined both my aspects of love for travel and also my love for planning. Because let's be honest, not everyone can be organized or, you know, have all the brain capacity or the hours or like the the ability to cope with the stress (laughs) that comes with, you know, planning events. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I started from the bottom, now I'm here. <laughs> I love that. Yes. It's so funny because there's not a single entrepreneur that I talk to that had a straight path to where they are now, right? Like it was twisty and turny and they met so-and-so who taught them about what's what who sent them to who's who and then they tried this and they tried that and suddenly something clicks, right? And so when people talk about a, na- a niche or a niche – Obviously, it's for some people, it's pretty clear as to their skill sets beforehand, but they often end up in a different place than even they thought they would be because they suddenly start meeting somebody else or they start learning something else. So I think that's amazing. Like your story is good, is definitely resounds with so many people, myself included. So Let's dive into what I think is one of the most important questions right now from where we are in this crisis to where we're going to go next. So here's the question. What is the difference that you see between hosting an online summit, which a lot of people are doing right now, and hosting a VIP day or retreat or a weekend away or an in-person event? (laughs) That's such a loaded and amazing question. So... (laughs) Let's get into that. Um, You can probably tell that with COVID um, and the social distancing and, you know, not everyone being able to quite meet in person right now, you know, the landscape of in-person events has dramatically like fell off the face of the planet for right now because people are pivoting left and right Mm -hmm. and moving towards an online space. So a summit or an online event is usually like a couple day or even a couple hour um, online platform-based event that brings together multiple experts on a chosen topic. It's very specific and you want to get specific so you reach out to the right people. There's usually a video presentation and possibly depending on the quantity of participants, there could be a Q&A session with each expert. There's also usually some sort of um, proctor or leader that kind of coaches the Q&A sessions and talks through with the experts. Just kind of like a benefit of of the online summit space. Well, first benefit is you can actually have one right now. (laughs) You can still reach your ideal client. You can reach actually more people because it's online. And so many people can like log into their computer and listen and learn from everything that you have, you know, to really put out into the 
to the world, right? Um, it's usually pretty low cost to put together. There are some costs to incur, you know, like a Zoom membership to have more than five people on it for longer than 30 minutes. Um, but in general, it's pretty low cost. Um, you can have many attendees, relatively easy. Um, you can pull a good roster of presenters together that may not have been able to travel to an in-person event. So you can host, you know, a multitude of experts on an online platform where as an in-person event, you might only be able to have a handful depending on, you know, the length and, and the distance of the event from where the presenter lives. There's like a whole bunch more of like transportation involved and logistics uh, versus, a you know, an online event. And a bonus with the COVID, which I mentioned before, is you can actually have one right now <laughs> versus who knows? So questionable, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, it's, so, it's such a scary time, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I guess you know, not everything is so perfect with online events, though, because technology can be a struggle. Um, you know, bogging down this platform. Some people can't get in poor internet connections, and honestly, sometimes not every presenter is familiar with the chosen platform, which can create delays and frustrations and not less than seamless transitions. Um, so there's probably some gray space and, and downtime in between, or it's just a fluidity situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully everyone understands that, but sometimes it, it leads for like a less than experience, just something to consider. Also, a lot of summits right now are charging very small fees or even free. I've seen so many summits posted recently for free. So, you know, it does have a low barrier to entry, a low cost point. Um, But if you're not getting um, immediate ROI, some people don't really feel like an online summit for them. And that's totally cool. Um, But depending on the profession and the topic, many businesses and coaches are hosting the free summits, but the benefit of hosting it for free also on the back end is you could gain clients off the value given, Mm -hmm. um, which would then in turn flip them to probably more moolah than what you would have chosen or or charged for them to come to the summit anyway. So, you know, there's a little bit of pros and cons to talk about when you discuss pricing and packaging and, you know, kind of weigh all the things, right? Mm -hmm. Um, It's a different landscape necessarily. The, The numbers aren't necessarily cut and dry. Yes. So it's so funny that you talk about online and technology and all of the things because um, right now I am in Tennessee. I'm in Madison, Tennessee. I've been moving from, if you know, if people have been listening, I've been moving from Maine to Utah and there's like four kids and four adults and five dogs and I don't know how many cats and there's so much noise going on in my background as we record this and it's so interesting because you literally hit on it as everybody was trying to come into the house while we're recording. So it's the same thing. It's like, you know, even if you're virtual and you're online, obviously there's going to be a lot of issues like you said with, you know, noise, background control, technology in general, the internet, the internet is always an issue, right? It's breaking up and so many things and it's a beautiful platform to be able to bring information, but it can also be really frustrating if you are somebody who wants it to go, you know, smoothly and perfectly and have it all meld together and not find any distraction in the background. Yeah, and distractions are so easy at home. Mm -hmm. You're not really, like, you know, channeled in. And 
you can, you know, your attendees could always walk away. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's probably not the event that you want to do, right? You want your people to be intrigued and engaged and excited to be there. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yes. So talk to me about the entrepreneur that's probably wanting to host an online event either now, coming up at any point, what does she do and who do you think she is personally? Because I think there's a big difference between who hosts an online summit and who hosts an in-person event or retreat or VIP. I think you're entirely, (laughs) you hit the nail on the head, Alicia. Um, Not everyone's personality can translate well to an online platform. And you have to be like excited and bubbly and energetic And you have to do all those things in person as well, but it's just a little bit extra, right, on the computer. Summits, they're super hot right now for teaching teachers or educators and the people who really have, like, a strategic timeline or agenda or, you know, the specific point that they want to drive home, um, almost like a classroom, right? Trying to deliver as much education, whereas Mm -hmm. someone in an in-person retreat you know, wants to create like a group experience and a collaboration and, and, you know, discussion. Um, and you can't really do that online. Mm. So what, with many people moving their retreats to an online platform, cause you know, travel's questionable. I do want to say and stress that online sounds simple and easy and it sounds like there's so much less to do, but in, in so many ways, it still takes upwards of 800 hours and a few months of dedicated work to really throw one together. So, As for the person, like maybe they have a VA or an OBM, someone to help them take control of certain aspects of it, but it's also someone who's well-connected that has a lot of experts in their back pocket um, and has like a very specific educational delivery that they want for their attendees, not necessarily the collaboration and the rapport. Mm, I love that because here's the thing. With so many online summits and the seeming ease of it, there seemed to be more of them going on right before COVID, running into COVID, right during winter months, you know, seasonal changes, things like that. But what I will always say is you never get as much from an online summit as you do from being in person, skin in the game, belly to belly, creating that camaraderie, having the full experience and the ambiance and the general just like feel of a room. It's so different. And I don't think that you can replace it with anything. A virtual summit is as good of a replacement as you're probably ever going to get. But an in-person event, there's just something special about it. There's something more to it. And if you haven't experienced one and you're wanting to plan one, my biggest suggestion would be hire an event planner because flat out, they've been there. They've done that. They know how to create the experience that the person who's looking for your event is looking for. So preach (laughs) (laughs) preach girl yes okay so it seems like with anything there are three types of women right like I work with three different types of women you seem to as well okay so there seems like with anything there are three types of women who want to host their live event for their clients right they want to create a a robust experience for the person they want to see them be face to face belly to belly really have that conversation So there's three types. There's the DIYer who wants certain aspects done for them, but most of all, they really want to do it themselves for whatever reason, right? And then there's the one who wants to have it all done for her. She's the like hiring 
somebody to do the whole shebang, doesn't want to touch it, give me a checklist of the five things I need to do. She's that kind of woman, right? So she can live in her genius and serve her clients well. And then there's also the woman who's like, ah, I kind of want to do a little bit but I don't wanna do all of it, right? So tell me the differences between those women and where you serve each one because I do know you have three levels in your business. Oh, I absolutely do. You really wanna meet or offer something to everyone. So Mm -hmm. the DOIers are usually very concerned um, about money. They have little upfront money. um, So they are taking a very scrappy approach to planning an event. They usually have a VA, maybe an OBM helping them. But they're really, like, I guess they just have so much time on their hands that they have all the time in the world to research and plan, which if you have to research and plan, it's, you know, over a full-time job. So Mm -hmm. I don't, I never recommend this to anybody because everyone that I know that has said that, oh yeah, I DIY'd my first event, they always follow that up with, I will never do that again. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I guess sometimes you just have to learn the hard way, but I mean, I get it. Being scrappy is, uh, you know, you get to take home more money, but also at the flip side, like if you don't know um, how to do certain things, it's going to probably end up costing you mm-hmm. in the long run. So not, not to hate on DOIers whatsoever. It's just, you know, got to pick and choose your battles sometimes, you know? Yeah. But I, yeah, exactly. I best serve her. I offer um, deep dive, deep dive sessions to go over any kind of speed bumps they might hit or just maybe reassurance on some of the aspects, just make sure they're on the right track. Those are 90 minute sessions, but I actually, I might also have a DIY workbook launching at the end of this month for just those people. It's full of my step-to-step process of how I plan events and, you know, chock full of strategic and tactical suggestions on how to really plan an outstanding retreat. It is a DIY workbook. It's very comprehensive and it's launching within the month. So that's what I have to offer for the DIYer. The next um, little lady on the list is um, a woman who, or a business coach, wants uh, a little help, but still wants the majority of the control. You know what I mean? Those, those little halfers. They want to sign all the contracts. They want to make all the decisions. And they want to do most of the marketing, agenda, branding, those kinds of people. They want to have like an in-depth, hands-on experience, but they might not want to get like really into the nitty gritty and the weeds of prospecting and site visits and, you know, really trying to weed through vendors and menus and things like that. They have an intimate understanding of their group and want the oversight, but also acknowledge that they're not proficient at a lot of the event planning tasks. You know, Mm -hmm. they acknowledge that when it's go time, they need someone on the back end to keep it together as well. So they know that they need to be the face of their event. They don't need to also be running around that like, you know, Susie is her flight was delayed seven hours and now she's being rerouted and the caterer, you know, we need to work on getting her back from the airport and the caterer is two hours late and they're missing ice and someone needs to go get ice. Like it's just you know, the Wi-Fi down, all the little things that could go wrong behind the scenes that the host or the person like, you know, being the face of the event doesn't need to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, I best serve her by, you know, varying levels of planning packages. It's really customizable. It's, um, you know, I can break it down by task. Like, what do you actually want to plan and what do you want me to plan? And that's just like, um, you know, a free consultation session of 30 minutes. Like, what are you looking at? Um, what do you need? And then working from there. 
I do have an all comprehensive package for the one who wants it all, who, you know, the lady knows that this is not her zone. Um, she knows that her time is not best spent planning this retreat. If the online summit takes approximately, you know, five to 800 hours, and that's supposed to be the easier one, quote unquote, like how, how many hours could you imagine that an in-person retreat would be? Like so many, mm -hmm. at least double that. So who has time to run their business, be the CEO, and and still play in this kick-ass event? Mm -hmm. Like this lady knows that this does not, like she needs to be focusing on her success and knows that her success depends on this event planner to take care of all the details. I serve her by taking most of the control of the planning process and notice I say and emphasize most planning an event is still collaboration. And when I explain this to people, they're like, what do you mean? Don't you do it all? And I'm like, sure, I do. But I compare it to weddings because that's what most people like have either been through or witnessed. So I say, you know, you wouldn't show up to your wedding sight unseen with no idea what your dress looks like or, um, you know, what food you're serving or even what boozy cocktail hour or what flavors of your cake. Like, you wouldn't show up without any idea of what your centerpieces look like, right? Like, you just wouldn't do that. Alicia, you're in the middle of planning a wedding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would you show up to your wedding and not have a clue what your wedding dress looks like? Absolutely not. But no, I no. also... <laughs> <laughs> I also am, you know me, anal retentive. And so this is why we get along so well. It's so funny. <laughs> right. So planning an in-person event is basically the same thing. Exactly. Like I bring options and suggestions and the client has the final say. Mm -hmm. um, she would still probably sign the contracts, but I like lay it all out for her. And then I take care of all the details, like vision boards, Pinterest boards. You bring it to me. I make it happen. It's still collaboration, though. <laughs> yes. Um, and I do offer, like, a full planning package. Perfect. I love that. And you know what I love that you said in there that is so poignant and so pertinent for every coach on the face of the earth is if you are spending 500 to 800 hours planning an event and you are charging a client $100 an hour, if you're not charging more than that, hell's bells, baby, you got to get a coach because you're undercharging, which means you're underserving. So if you are making $100 an hour for your client, Every client, every hour, what is 500 times 100? I don't even know. But whatever that number is, because math is hard, that's the number of dollars that you're wasting by not allocating these duties to people who are specialized in it, who know their shit, who know what they're doing and who are going to bring more to the table for your event than you can only because it's not your genius, period, flat out. So for the DIYer out there who isn't getting this message driven home for them or who just, you know, quite frankly, they're at the beginning and maybe an event was the first thing that they wanted to do and they don't have the clientele yet and maybe this is going to drive clientele into their business. What are the biggest concerns that you have for them and how do you help them? Yes, okay, <laughs> the biggest concerns I have for them are are they staying? <laughs> Just kidding. Um, more or less, like, do you have a vision? Do you have a topic? Like, do you know the financial strategy it's going to take to get, like, you through to the finish line? Do you have an event plan? Because everything comes down to a plan. You wouldn't 
you know, start a business without a business plan and you shouldn't host an event without an event plan. So it's really getting focused and, you know, really poignant in the, in your topic, your niche and what you want to offer and like write it all down. And just so you have the roadmap for when things get crazy that you are always have something to refer back to. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Let's just talk to the woman out there who has an inkling that an event is for her. She's like, oh my gosh, I want an event in my repertoire. I want it as a part of my business. I want to layer that and meet people where they're at. But she is afraid crapless, right? Like she's unsure if she is capable. What do you say to that woman? Every woman's capable. Mm -hmm. First of all, first and foremost, yes, you can do this. Do you have one client? If you have one client, you can do this. You can market to get the rest. Mm-hmm. That really comes down to, you know, your topic and your ability to spread the word. So oh, she is absolutely capable of hosting an event. So what I would suggest to her is figure out, like, the things that she's really good at um, mm-hmm. and the parts that she wants to be a part of. And then anything that she, like, doesn't make that list to outsource it. Mm-hmm. Um, if she doesn't know marketing probably hire an event planner um, to market your event or at least come up with a strategy. So even though you may have never done an event before, you're absolutely capable and it's never um, a bad thing to ask for help. Mm -hmm. So if you want to do it mostly yourself or you know your client better than an event planner, just ask for a strategy of what could, what could help almost like an event coach, if you will, Mm -hmm. um, to talk you through the different things or methods that you could try depending on, you know, your niche and, and and the type of event you're trying to have and have checkpoints, have check-ins, do a deep dive again, you know, hire an event planner to take care of the things and to walk you through this process. It's so hard to, to really plan something when you're not sure if it'll happen and you definitely want it to be a success. Always hire the expert to really pump you up and to set you on the right track so you know it will be successful. Yes, I love it. I know personally for myself and my clients, I have a couple of events I have planned in the future. Wink, wink. And I am so excited to know what levels of service you provide as we plan those out. So tell our listeners who are thinking the same thing where they can find you online to get more information. Absolutely. So I have Instagram, Facebook, you know, email, all the things, right? I also have a website that is, you know, under construction, but honestly, who, who doesn't have a website that's perpetually under construction? (laughs) Right. Raising Uh, my hand. (laughs) Right. Um, So my Instagram handle is journey with Jamie. My name is Jamie Johnson and Jamie is without an E in case you're curious. Um, You can find me on Facebook. My event planning page is Bella Events LLC, and that's where you can find me. And for the woman who is in the midst of planning or knows she's ready to, because there is that woman out there who's like, COVID, no COVID, girl, I am making it happen. What are you currently offering that she can grab up and get started with right now or make sure she's on track with right now? Absolutely. I am offering, you know, 90 minute deep dives at the bare minimum just to get you started. I also have three uh, event planning spots open this month to do full event planning for whatever event that you think that you want to have or pick up whatever pieces you are just done trying to plan. 
Mm -hmm. Perfect. I love that. So the last question, really simply put, is approximately how long does it take to plan an event? Because if there's somebody on the edge of their seat and they're going, this is it, this is my chance, I'm going to plan one, how long does it take? Honestly, I would start, if you're planning an in-person event, I would start one year in advance. So right now you're looking at 2021. It takes, and, and you know, it might sound like a really, really, really long time, but if you are, you know, gathering a vision, writing event plans, prospecting vendors, all that needs to be done at least six months out. And then that really creates the space for go time of marketing efforts and real pricing strategies, advanced ticket sales, sponsorships, all the things that kind of go into it. And it really, really ramps up, you know, the last month prior to the retreat or the in-person event. Now for the online summit, that takes, you know, 600 hours, 800 hours. Um, and that really takes three months at least to get, you know, kicked up and going. And that's for someone who already is knee deep in their business and really has limited amount of time to deep, to deep dive into this. Perfect. I love that because I know for a fact that there are women listening right now who are like, oh, well, I want to do an event, but it's in 2021. Guess what, dollface? The time is now because 2021 is quickly approaching, right? 2020 will be over before we know it. We'll be past the COVID crisis. People will be back connecting and communicating face-to-face and they'll be searching for events. And so now is the time to start planning yours. So definitely contact Jamie. I will drop all of her information down into the show notes as well as her DIY freebie. So she'll send me the link to that. I'll make sure it's all super easy and clickable for you. So here we go, my CEOs. I think we all know that as CEOs of our business, as the ones who build their own schedule, charge what they're worth, and lead with integrity, we get to fully decide how much involvement we have in our planning, in our business, in our levels of service, and how we show up with them. For me personally, planning an event is not my freaking zone of genius. So as I work with Jamie to plan mine in the future, I know the full benefit of serving my clients well, staying in my zone, staying in my lane, and showing up as the CEO who owns her skills and outsources the rest. So as we wrap this up, I want to ask you these very valuable questions. Number one, Where would an event provide an even deeper and more meaningful level of service in my business? Ask yourself that question. Number two, where are the areas in my business and as I plan ahead that I'm trying to muscle through that aren't my area of expertise that I could be outsourcing, right? Because An event planner is a form of outsourcing, and there are so many extended and axillary services that we're going to talk about and go over on this podcast, and Jamie is one of them. So my dear biz babes, you cannot do it all. You do not have to do it all, and that is part of being a CEO. Part of owning your schedule and taking your time back is having people like Jamie in your corner to serve the portions of your business that elevate your income and your impact in a way that still creates freedom and expertise. Okay, friends. As we head out into the world, I want to make sure that we are going bigger, outsourcing more, 
asking how we can serve our clients belly to belly when we're able to create a really impactful experience for them and thus, of course, make more, serve better, and live so much freaking freer. Until next time, love you long time, CEOs. What is up, my darlings and doers? If you loved this podcast, please don't leave it behind. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button and do us a huge favor. Give us a quick rating. It not only helps me to know where you're listening, but it also helps the new listener to find this podcast and become the next doing success story. So with that, I'm off to do some big things or help one of my amazing clients get her doing list done. Have an amazing day and we'll catch you next week.